Hey, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of My Sentiment Exactly. I'm your host, me, and your other host, me times two. Me times two. So good to be here today. It's Saturday, May 16th, 2020. It's been raining. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like a Saturday at all. Yeah, it's when well, that's what I was going to say. It's been raining all day, and it feels just like a almost easy like Sunday morning a little bit, kind of just just mellow and, and chill. But we got some things to talk about. We have some feelings on some things, and and so um, here we are sharing those with you guys. So what are we talking about today? So let's start off with what everybody's been talking about here lately. And I'm going to read a quote. I'm training these boys right. I'm training these boys right. Mm. Ask any of my nephews. Ask any of them. Ask my son. Yeah, when they was 12, 13, they got hit. Yeah, that is how it's supposed to be. Hell fucking yeah, I got my son's dick sucked. You fucking right. Yes, a grown woman, grown, super grown, checked his ass out. Checked all of my nephews out, super grown. Is she grown? She checked me out. I know what the fuck she did to them. She checked me out. That bitch, I'm getting them prepared. Okay, so doesn't sound like that was a sermon. (laughs) It surely wasn't. Sounds like that was from, I don't even know what his first name is. I really don't. So obviously, we talked about Little Bootsy. Little Bootsy got, and here's the thing, I've actually heard this before. Because he's expressed how he wants to raise his sons in particular. Mm-hmm. But I guess because we're all in quarantine and bored and watching everybody's Instagram down to the wire, today we felt like listening to what he was saying. Okay. Okay. So he essentially went on to say that he has showed his nine and 10 year old sons how to put on a condom. Okay. He gives them iPhone 11 so they can watch as much porn as they want. And that is better than them watching cartoons with two men kissing. Okay. So we've got a um, lot in all of what he's saying. Um, Let's first and foremost set the stage with from what I've learned, his name is Boosie Bannock. Um, I still don't have a first name for this gentleman, but I presume it may be Trevor. I, I don't know what his first name is, but this is the same. He's, Boosie's been in the news a lot lately, especially leading up to quarantine and then after. My last interaction with him in the news 
was when he did the whole like wearing the Greek symbol, Kappa Alpha Psi in public. And at first, you know, he was all like, whatever, F them Kappas, I wear whatever I want to, whatever, whatever. And then after he got pulled to the side, it turned into something more amiable and that all settled. And from my understanding, his brother is actually a Kappa, right? Or he has some family member who's a Kappa. Yeah, apparently has a brother that's a Kappa. He okay. thought it was tight. He went into a store and was like, yeah, I'm going I'm to rock this. Okay. Uh, not really giving respect to, and, and here's the thing, when you don't know and you, well, if you don't care uh-huh. and you're not in it, how often do we see people disrespecting uh, affiliations with Black Greek sororities and fraternities? I agree. And and that's we could that's a, like we could talk about that for hours. But thinking about that, we can come back to that. But thinking about Boosie and him like being a disruption, if you will, doing something that got us all riled up, and then he went back and fixed it. So now enter post apocalypse slash pandemic, and we all at the house, we all online, you know, and then he comes out because. I don't believe anybody sleeps to the disinformation from him and just says what he has allowed his son, children, man, children to experience from a grown woman because he's getting them from what it sounds like you said, he said, prepared. Um, I don't, two things. One, I think he lying. He gotta be lying because I, thinking about his comments back and forth about, you know, the Kappa thing and all that stuff and how he defended himself, and we, I don't see this man, honestly, as somebody who, like, you know how some rappers come off, like, you know, they got this hard complex or whatever, you know, they, they in the streets or whatever, whatever, I, but then they're like, behind closed doors, they're really intelligent, they read like thousands of books and all that stuff like that. I'm not saying he's that far. I don't know the man personally, but I just don't think that he will willingly admit in a public forum that he not only like knows that his children, son children, have engaged in something that would otherwise be considered a criminal activity, child abuse, all of those things. I don't think he engaged in that publicly knowing like letting people know he knew that but then also letting people know that he condoned that well this is what i this is what i think you're missing this is why yes he's being completely honest for one with before all the quarantine stuff boosie really created a platform for himself on instagram he drinks as much as he wants he smokes as much as he wants he says what he wants and he hmm. does not care what the repercussions are. So I actually think he's being very honest, hmm. which then leads us to several problems that just happened. Because I'm wondering, what happens now? Because essentially hmm. what we've talked about in the two paragraphs that they have quoted from him, we are talking about solicitation, mm-hmm. pedophilia, Clearly. Uh, child abuse. Check. Uh, molestation. Check. 
Um, I'm sure there's some other things. If I was a lawyer, I could throw out there. If, if that's the word, nasty assish ism, yeah, that one too. So, so where do we start? Because here's the thing I understand uh, the thought process of the ghetto mentality. What he's he's essentially thought he was doing was he's building strong men, heterosexual men, who Ooh, um, yeah. seemingly, seemingly will pay for sex because that's what you're introducing to them. And if you're introducing pain for sex, you're also introducing a certain type of uh, non-me-too era of solicitation with prostitutes that presents a whole nother concept of relationships between men and women. So let's, I mean, cause here's it. So let me back up for a second. Let me say this and see, this is the problem that I have with um, uh, how we treat sex in 2020 with men and women and why we have these issues of me too and disrespect. The rape culture, yep, yeah. And rape culture is because we constantly teach our boys and our girls differently, but we then expect them to meet up and like create relationships. Yeah. Right. So yeah. boys, boys, oh, you do what you do. Boys will be boys. All of the uh, excuses as if women don't have desires or have um, uh, sexual feelings, mm -hmm. but you close your legs. Good girls don't do that. And then we put them all together and, and, and misunderstand why we have these issues. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. I mean, it's so many levels of foul, <laughs> foulness. That's a word. With, and the complexity, like you could totally just unpack all of what was wrong with what he said. But here's the part I want to go to. Okay, so we can agree. Yeah, no, Boosie, like, you, no, all of these things are what you said it covers. But here is my challenge with it. Independent, and it's not independent, but let's just pretend it is. Independent of what this man has done and put his, you know, son in the situation to be in. It still takes another adult who happened to be a woman to indulge where she okay. where okay. is the woman women or adults who participated because i think that's the bigger part of it too and i, I say bigger loosely because we can all say the bigger picture or you know, we, that, that's, I think, relational or, you know, I think that's something that is, um, you know, subjective, if you will. But I think a huge piece is he can have all this warped mentality about how to prepare his son. Someone still has to engage, though. He didn't do it himself. 
thank God, that would have yet again been another issue. He, I presume, hired someone to do it. That person had to have done it. There was an adult that engaged in that activity, a woman or women who did it. Why are we not looking for them? Why are we not talking about them either? Because they're, they're a part of the issue. Well, then there's the issue. Let's, let's, let's throw in R. Kelly. A, oh. a lot of people, well, but a lot of people, Leslie wanted to blame R. Kelly and wanted to blame the parents of these young girls or women for giving their children to him. Knowing or hearing that this is what he did. Hmm. For riches, for fame, for a music career. So the bottom line is I do understand where you're going with that. And again, everybody has a price. But essentially, as a father who should be protecting his children, that is not the case. Okay. Then last thing. Okay, because we we know that there are more than one adult involved. And then side note, yeah, we want to give parents like Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade issues uh, or trouble for allowing their child to, you know, transition and, you know, participate in whatever, whatever level of uh, sexuality or identification, gender identification that they've grown into or, or you know, adopted. I hope I said that right. I probably didn't. But in any case, we want to give them a hard time. But this is okay. Yeah. This but then we glorify or, or the mere fact that, you know, people are just like negotiating with him almost, whether it's good or bad or not. Well, that's where, that's where I was like, okay, so change the narrative. Let's say he wasn't talking about his sons. Let's say he was talking about his daughters. Very true. Let's say he had paid some stripper or some black magic dude to come perform oral sex on his 12-year-old daughter. Will we then still um, lightly laugh this off as if this is just gangster mentality yeah. or would we be having his head ready for him to drop the soap? I, I certainly think the latter. I think we would definitely have his head if the gender roles were changed. And I, and I think that that's why the display of homophobia in his con comment was so misplaced. It, well, it, no, it's, it's not, not even relevant to what you're doing. Yes, it is. It is relative to him because everything that he does also relates to homosexuality because, again, he had a whole lot to say about uh, Dwayne Wade's daughter. He has go. a whole lot to say, which only leads me to, to feel like he is battling something within himself Man. because if, as a father, if you would pay someone to have sex with your children Man. in order to guarantee that they don't have homosexual concepts, ideas, or tendencies. Sound like you, you might have balance yourself. Okay. Right. You are making sure they don't do something you thinking about or wanting to do or have done. Or have in done. Closet. Exactly. 
Exactly. I think I think Boosie has had ample opportunity to just sit down. Because um, you have literally sacrificed your children to prevent something you can't prevent. No, no, that that's that's not good. That's not good at all. So in my mind, I certainly I don't think that this is the end of that conversation. If we walk Kelly to prison. We um side note, he definitely because he got sugar beaties, he say. Sugar beaties, he's scared of COVID. It's a lot of things he's trying to get out for. And <laughs> they talking about you need to sit down and you're gonna be in here for a little while. And let me give you a pen so you can write Bill Cosby and see how he's doing because he's not getting out of here. Right. So, hey, I, I don't see the end of this with Boosie, and I think he may have opened up some, a can of a can of disgustingness that uh, it, it'll be open for, like, a while. Like, something's going to come of this, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like we're going to sweep this under, under the rug. I feel like people are already stop, stopping to talk about it because, again, we're talking about little boys and we look at them having sex that young as a rite of passage and not as the seriousness of what it is. Absolutely. I would agree. So, next, Let's talk about reopening. I've been reading, again, we're still in COVID-19. Um, it's been so, how long? Like, I just, again, I remember things happening around March 9th. Well, the first case, I believe, showed up around January or our first indication that this is going to be a problem starting in January. Okay. Well, we've been on lockdown for a while. And I remember, you know, I'm working from home. And sometimes, you know, I'm trying to get my vitamin D on. So I go out for a walk. I have my mask on. I'm social distancing. I don't even want flies flying around me. Like, I'm, I'm moving around. And, you know, just going on a nice little walk or whatever, whatever. Well, I was at the park earlier this week and literally looked around and I saw people in the grass. Um, it appears to be couples, no assumption, but they were very close in the grass. Um, I saw families flying kites, um, having, pic you know, what appeared to be picnics. Um, there were people riding bikes, people jogging. There was one woman who touched a water fountain because she was jogging in front of me. I was walking again. But she touched the water fountain and leaned in to get water and was disappointed because it wasn't working. Um, all of these people were out here. And I can count the people who had on masks. Three. I was one of them. And this other guy, he was in scrubs. He had on a mask. And I was like, okay, then affirmative. Because you, 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 you have to know if I need to have this mask on. 
because you apparently work in some medical field and you got your mask on. So I'm going to do what you do. But in any case, it was like a regular day. And I am so worried that as the, the country is reopening in phases or what, however this is working, we still really don't know um, that people are, I read an article, somebody said, I am shocked at how Americans are just, that we've grown tired of coronavirus. So now we're acting like it doesn't exist. What do you think about that? I think that for one, we're just not used to this. We are very privileged in the United States. The things that other countries have gone through, especially poor countries in general, not to say we don't have poor sections of our country, but just in general, um, poor countries, um, we're just not used to having, being told what to do. Hmm. We take for granted And I think essentially what will happen, uh, what the telltale sign is, uh, now we're opening up, everybody, I've seen countless number of pictures of people hanging out in restaurants, not to say that we shouldn't be open or getting back to normalcy, because we are talking about uh, businesses and livelihoods of everyone, but we weren't prepared to adjust to life with COVID. And I don't think we are, we're prepared to just to, to getting back to life. I like that you said that because I think that's the other part of it. We've got to eventually get back to something. We don't know what that is necessarily, but whatever it is, I don't think we're prepared for it. And perhaps you're right. Maybe what we are seeing is just an attempt to get back to normal in our own ways, you know what I mean? But it, yeah. it still signifies a lack of preparation because you can't get back to normal, you know, and not still be distant or, you know, keep away or, or take those protections you need in place, you know, because at the end of the day, do we have a cure for coronavirus right now? The answer is a resounding no. And we won't have a cure for a long time, despite of what 45 says. It's going to be a while. If not, they're just testing guinea pigs to see if somebody doesn't die. So what the cure or the stop in this virus looks like, we just don't know. Yeah, I mean, like one article says, uh, I don't know how recent this is. I think this just came out. FDA approves at-home nasal swab test kit for COVID-19. So we like, how you check to see if you have HIV at home or something, or how you test DNA. Is this like 30, 31 and me, or what is it, 32 and me? How many chromosomes? What is that? Is it 32 it's and 20, me? 23 and me, I apologize. 23 and me. I apologize. If you have 32, you probably aren't listening to this podcast. But right. um, yeah, like what is that? Well, here's the problem. Even the first tests that we had coming out of the United States were faulty. So again, we are speeding through this. We have no clue. And then we're going to rely on people to test at home because again, if they're not taking precautions now, they are going to accurately do a test that they are clearly making money on. Hmm. Yes. To be 
this it says once patient um it says the kid will um the patients you know the person takes it at home or whatever whatever the kit will cost $135 and will be available later this month. Apparently, the person swabs their own nose or whatever, and then they mail it back somewhere. Okay, and so this is another case where they have our DNA on file for everywhere right. that we go. Hmm. This is what that is. Yeah, I wouldn't trust that. Man, that's why that's what made me think of 23andMe. They will put it in a saline solution and ship it overnight to a certified lab authorized to run specific tests on the kit. Results will be given to patients through a network or online portal. No, don't do it. Drive through. I just go ahead. Don't do it. I I I don't I don't know about that. And and it's gonna cost me $135. Which is not even reasonable if we are really trying to eradicate this. Most people can't, most people have, so many people have lost their jobs. You're going to accidentally spend 135 at the house? Um, James Baldwin is my favorite. I think I've shared that before. He has this one quote. I think I may have told you before. I'm looking for it, but it's about how anyone who has ever, he's actually says, anyone who has ever struggled with poverty knows how extremely expensive it is to be poor. James Baldwin. I'm going to have to find $135 to be tested within the confines of my home or access to convenience or something to get tested for whether or not I have COVID-19. Imagine who has at, who can afford those, that kind of convenience. You have that to- That is groceries. Thank you. That is a light bill. Thank you. That is so, insurance. So now if I'm in poverty, my resources are very limited. I'm not feeling well. I may or may not have medical care, you know, other than, you know, through uh, public, um, you know, Medicare or whatever. Mm -hmm. I've got to find a way to get tested, get in line to get tested, hope that I can get tested or or whatever other challenges that they, or I've got to make a decision between groceries and $135 for a test. No. It's not set. Convenience is not for extremely poor people. It's not. That it is, is not considered. So backwards to me. That is absolutely backwards to me. And well, even with this $1,200 stimulus that, that just came out, for sure. most people, for those who did not have uh, savings, uh, for most people, that was barely rent. Yeah. Yeah. Barely. And so, um, you know, there's supposed to, some package done went back, well, approved the house, and, and now it's got to go to the Senate, and, you know, who who really knows what will happen with that. I just think that 
coupled with the fact that we are living in a pandemic, coupled with the fact that we lack, uh, lack preparation either way to return or to stay at home, um, we also are really dealing with a super duper messed up backwards social system in general, like the, the structure of the, the rich versus the poor and, and, and what we just kind of talked about access and, and equity. Couple that with that, of course, you're going to have different disparities that we're already seeing amongst different communities, including that of African American community. But there are other kind of disparities, economic disparities that we're seeing, and it's just it's heartbreaking. And it says, how can we get? How can we really recover from this? Not only health-wise, but financially, economically. Society, as a society, how do you recover from that? I don't know, because again, these disparities was already there, but we're just at a point where this brings it mm -hmm. to light in a different type of way. But are we really going to do anything about it? Because all of the talk before this about uh, paycheck to paycheck is blatant right now. Yeah. But there's no talk on, yeah, we're trying to stimulate the economy to keep it from folding in right now, but are we really talking about fixing the issues that caused this? Because if something happens like this again, what do we do economically? <laughs> Listen, what was that movie uh, with Bruce Willis uh, and Chris Tucker? Um, Fifth Element. Mars and other planets is looking kind of nice right now. That's what it is. We'll have to go somewhere else. Well, on Groupon, you can buy some acres on Mars. I don't know what you're going to do with them, but if Are you, you serious? Yes. That's not. I don't know what that means. It's about $15. No. This I've got to see. Well, that, that, might be an option. That absolutely might be an option. Right. So as we wrap up, there is yet one thing that we need to settle. There was another versus battle this afternoon or evening, whatever it was. Eastern time, early. It was between what I like to call an ATL showdown. Ludacris and this little dude named, uh, what's his name? It rhymed with Jelly. Big Belly. He don't have a big but belly. Would it be a showdown if both people aren't from ATL? Like, would it need to have been two people from ATL doing an ATL showdown? Let me tell you something. My whole life would have been gathered had that taken place. This Ludacris and Nelly showdown, while I enjoy listening to Ludacris, it was clear it was not a battle. Um, even when Nelly's um, whatever internet went out, or what, uh, he had on the internet um, went down, it was just like Team Ludacris, everything about him, his music, 
how his demeanor, how you talk. It was great. It was great listening to and catching up on his stuff. And I ain't gonna lie. Nelly had some good tunes, but certainly not a battle. Nothing about that said battle. More so evident by like last week when it was Erica Badu and, and Jill Scott. We had like five, we, 500,000 people plus. Today, what did it hit? barely made 500 um i clearly called this last week it was looter for me all day yeah we did call that so um despite the the issues i think nelly was jamming to music that only he likes and (laughs) not anyone else (laughs) and ludicrous to me is a very underrated rapper who who gets his props when the songs are playing, but when they talk about the conversation of lyricists, he doesn't get named. And I think that's a disjustice to who he is because he clearly has an amazing catalog. I would agree. I would agree. Question them. If we were to host a concert with all of our unsung lyricists, it could be R&B too. Who would we headline? Who would we have out there? So people would be like, oh my God, this is what we've been missing out. Who would drive that point home? We got to pick four artists. If we're talking about underrated people, yes. strictly, yes. I think uh Tamia doesn't get her flowers. Check. Agreed. I think Tweet doesn't get her flowers. We got four people. Okay, that's two. Okay. That's your two. I mean, that's two or four. You halfway there. Okay. I think Carrie Hilson doesn't get her flowers. All genres. All genres? Yeah. Wow. This is the two minute genres. Okay. Carrie, tweet. Okay, I'm going to throw a rapper in there that Ludacris is actually, well, she was under Ludacris's, uh moniker, but they kind of fell out, which is why he don't give her the props hmm. that she deserves. But Shauna, I think is a hell of a rapper. Google's Shauna the Rapper. Who is really? that? Um, do you remember the girl rapper that was featured on like What's My Fantasy? Um, she was actually featured on Move Bitch, I believe. Um, really? Getting Some? Getting Some was her song. Awesome song. How'd it go? Because I'll the only oh. getting some I know is uh uh too short. What? Okay. I What's your getting... fault? Okay. I'll have to look it up. So Shauna, I don't know who Shauna is, but she's a rapper. She's underrated. So if I were to go to this concert, you're gonna have Tweet, Carrie Hilson, um, um, who's the first person you said? Tamia. T- Tamia. Oh, okay. And Shauna. All right. 
Fair enough. Here's the four I would pick. I think that Layla Hathaway doesn't even remotely get the love that she deserves. So I'm gonna drop, I'm going to drop off Layla Hathaway for you guys so y'all can get all of that goodness. Okay. Then after Layla Hathaway, why not Eric Roberson? Why not? You people don't appreciate the vibe, the lyrics, couldn't hear you over the music, Eric Roberson, what? And then uh, Ryan Leslie, gonna sprinkle some Ryan Leslie in there as well. Like he did an entire song with no words, none whatsoever. Just which is why I probably don't know it. <laughs> Layla Hathaway, Eric Roberson, Ryan Leslie. And then if I had to do like a hip hop rap person, even though that's not necessarily my genre, I would, um, I don't know if I have to switch it up. I, I guess I would go ahead and throw some Ludacris in there. Um, no, you can't throw Ludacris okay, in there. Okay, talking about Ludacris. Okay, fine. I, who would I have pop off? Well, I'm gonna let you think about it. But here's the thing: I think Layla does get her love and her props. It's just that she falls in a very grown category. So if you aren't teetering on that neo soul jazz, I think anybody who listens to that loves Layla. But I don't think she doesn't cross over into pop or where you would get her sound. I think she's tried to on some of her songs. Eric, I like Eric, mm. but I think people don't recognize how many songs he's written. Man. Him hit himself as an artist doesn't get props, but if you play the songs that he's written for other people, he will get more credit. I got it. Fourth person. I know you're skipping over Ryan Leslie. Gotta Google him. Little Mo. Not skipping over him. I wouldn't put him on my category. Love Little Mo, though. Little Mo. She has to be there. She can switch it up a little bit. No, she cannot bring her brother with her, but... No, he has to stay at the house. But Lil Mo, she's got it. She could, she could do both. Kind of one of my favorite songs of hers is Tada, Tada, you know, Tada, whatever. Yes, you remember that one? I do remember. Tada was on my playlist. Yes, yes. And anytime somebody was at my house whom I didn't like, I played Tada. They just didn't even know. Oh my God, that was beyond petty. Are you serious? Hey everybody, welcome to the next episode of My Sentiment Exactly. I'm your host, me, and your other host, me times two. Me times two. So good to be here today. It's Saturday, May 16, 2020. 
It's been raining. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like a Saturday at all. Yeah, it's when well, that's what I was ready to say. It's been raining all day, and it feels just like a almost easy like Sunday morning a little bit, kind of just it's mellow and, and chill, but. We got some things to talk about. We have some feelings on some things. And, and so um, here we are sharing those with you guys. So what are we talking about today? So let's start off with what everybody's been talking about here lately. And I'm going to read a quote. I'm training these boys right. I'm training these boys right. Mm. Ask any of my nephews, ask any of them, ask my son. Yeah, when they was 12, 13, they got hit. Yeah, that is how it's supposed to be. Hell fucking, yeah, I got my son's dick sucked. You fucking right. Yes, a grown woman, grown, super grown, checked his ass out. Checked all of my nephews out, super grown. Is she grown? She checked me out. I know what the fuck she did to them. She checked me out. That bitch, I'm getting them prepared. Huh. Okay. So, doesn't sound like that was a sermon. <laughs> it surely wasn't. Sounds like that was from I don't even know what his first name is I really don't so obviously we talked about Little Bootsy Little Bootsy got and here's the thing I've actually heard this before because he's expressed how he wants to raise his sons in particular mm-hmm. but I guess because we're all in quarantine and bored and watching everybody's Instagram down to the wire Today, we felt like listening to what he was saying. Okay, okay. So, he essentially went on to say that he has showed his nine and 10-year-old sons how to put on a condom. Okay. He gives them iPhone 11 so they can watch as much porn as they want. And that is better than them watching cartoons with two men kissing. Okay, so we've got a um, lot in all of what he's saying. Um, Let's first and foremost set the stage with, from what I've learned, his name is Boosie Bannock. I still don't have a first name for this gentleman, but I presume it may be Trevor. I I don't know what his first name is, but this is the same. Boosie's been in the news a lot lately, especially leading up to quarantine and after. My last interaction with him in the news was when he did the whole like wearing the Greek symbol, Kappa Alpha Psi in public. And at first, you know, he was all like, whatever, F them Kappas, I wear whatever I want to, whatever, whatever. And then after he got pulled to the side, it turned into something more amiable and that all settled. And from my understanding, his brother, is actually a Kappa, right? Or he has some family member who's a Kappa. Yeah, apparently he has a brother that's a Kappa. He okay. thought it was tight. He went into a store and was like, yeah, I'm going I'm to rock this. Okay. 
not really giving respect to, and, and here's the thing, when you don't know and you, well, if you don't care mm-hmm. and you're not in it, how often do we see people disrespecting uh, affiliations with black Greek sororities and fraternities? I would agree. And, and that's, we could, yeah, that's a, like, we could talk about that for hours. But thinking about that, we can come back to that. But thinking about Boosie and him, like, being a disruption, if you will, doing something that got us all riled up, and then he went back and fixed it. So now enter post-apocalypse slash pandemic, and we all at the house, we all online, you know, and then he comes out, because I don't believe anybody sleeps to the disinformation from him, and just says what he has allowed his son, children, man children to experience from a grown woman because he's getting them from what it sounds like you said, he said, prepared. Um, I don't, two things. One, I think he lying. He gotta be lying. Because I, thinking about his comments back and forth about, you know, the Kappa thing and all that stuff and how he defended himself. and we, I don't see this man, honestly, as somebody who, like, you know how some rappers come off like, you know, they got this hard complex or whatever, you know, they, they in the streets or whatever, whatever. I, but then they're like behind closed doors are really intelligent. They read like thousands of books and all that stuff like that. I'm not saying he's that far. I don't know the man personally, but I just don't think that he will willingly admit in a public forum that he not only like knows that his children, son children have engaged in something that would otherwise be considered a criminal activity, child abuse, all of those things. I don't think he engaged in that publicly knowing like letting people know he knew that, but then also letting people know that he condoned that. Well, this like, is what I this is what I think you're missing. This is why, yes, he's being completely honest. For one, with before all the quarantine stuff, Boosie really created a platform for himself on Instagram. He drinks as much as he wants, he smokes as much as he wants, he says what he wants. And he Hmm. does not care what the repercussions are. So I actually think he's being very honest, Hmm. which then leads us to several problems that just happened. Because I'm wondering, what happens now? Because essentially Hmm. what we've talked about in the two paragraphs that they have quoted from him, we are talking about solicitation, Mm -hmm. pedophilia, Clearly. Uh, child abuse. Check. Uh, molestation. Check. Um, I'm sure there's some other things. If I was Disgusting a lawyer, I could throw out there. If, if that's the word, nastiest, nasty assish ism. Yeah, that one too. So, so where do we start? Because here's the thing. I understand... Um, the thought process of the ghetto mentality. What he's he's essentially thought he was doing was he's building 
strong men, heterosexual men, who uh, seemingly seemingly will pay for sex because that's what you're introducing to them. And if you're introducing pain for sex, you're also introducing a certain type of uh, non-Me Too era of solicitation with prostitutes that presents a whole nother concept of relationships between men and women. So let's, I mean, cause here's, so let me back up for a second. Let me say this and see, this is the problem that I have with um, uh, how we treat sex in 2020 with men and women and why we have these issues of Me Too and disrespect. The rape culture, yep, yep. And rape culture is because we constantly teach our boys and our girls differently, but we then expect them to meet up and like create relationships. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. boys, boys, oh, you do what you do. Boys will be boys. All of the uh, excuses as if women don't have desires or have um, uh, sexual feelings. Uh-huh. But you close your legs. Good girls don't do that. And then we put them all together and, under- and, and misunderstand why we have these issues. Uh-huh. I agree with that. I mean, it's so many levels of foul, <laughs> foulness, that's a word, with, and the complexity, like you could totally just unpack all of what was wrong with what he said. But here's the part I wanna go to. Okay, so we can agree. Yeah, no, Boosie, like, you, no, all of these things are what you said it covered. But here is my challenge with it. Independent, and it's not independent, but let's just pretend it is. Independent of what this man has done and put his, you know, son in the situation to be in. It still takes another adult who happened to be a woman to indulge. Where she? Okay. Where is okay. the woman, women, or adults who participated? Because I think that's the bigger part of it too. And I, I say bigger loosely because we can all say the bigger picture, or you know, we that that's I think relational, or you know, I think that's something that is um, you know subjective, if you will. But I think a huge piece is he can have all this warped mentality about how to prepare his son. Someone still has to engage them. He didn't do it himself. Oh, thank God. That would have yet again been another issue. He, I presume, hired someone to do it. That person had to have done it. There was an adult that engaged in that activity, a woman or women who did it. Why are we not looking for them? Why are we not talking about them either? Because they're they're a part of the issue. Well, then there's the issue. Let's 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 throw in R. Kelly. A, oh. lot, a lot of people. Well, but a lot of people 
Leslie wanted to blame R. Kelly and wanted to blame the parents of these young girls or women for giving their children to him. Knowing or hearing that this is what he did. Hmm. For riches, for fame, for a music career. So the bottom line is I do understand where you're going with that. And again, everybody has a price. But essentially, as a father who should be protecting his children, that is not the case. Okay. Then last thing, okay, because we we know that there are more than one adult involved. And then side note, yeah, we want to give parents like Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade issues uh, or trouble for allowing their child to you know transition and you know participate in whatever whatever level of uh, sexuality or identification gender identification that they've grown into or or you know adopted i hope i said that right i probably didn't but in any case we want to give them a hard time but this is okay yeah this but then we glorify or, or the mere fact that you know people are just like negotiating with him almost whether it's good or bad or not well that's where that's where I was like okay so change the narrative let's say he wasn't talking about his sons let's say he was talking about his daughters very sure let's say he had paid some stripper or some black magic dude to come perform oral sex on his 12 year old daughter will we then still um, lightly laugh this off as if this is just gangster mentality or will we be having his head ready for him to drop the soap I I certainly think the latter I think we would definitely have his head if the gender roles were changed and I I think that that's why the display of homophobia in his comment was so misplaced it's not even relevant to what you're doing. Yes, it is. It is relative to him because everything that he does also relates to homosexuality because, again, he had a whole lot to say about uh, Dwayne Wade's daughter. He has a whole lot to say, which only leads me to to feel like he is battling something within himself because as a father, if you would pay someone to have sex with your children in order to guarantee that they don't have homosexual concepts, ideas, or tendencies. Sound like you, you have a yourself. Okay. Right. You are making sure they don't do something you thinking about or wanting to do or have done. They or have done. Exactly. Exactly. I think I think Boosie has had ample opportunities to just sit down. Because you have literally sacrificed your children to prevent something you can't prevent. No. No. That's that's not good. That's not good at all. So, in my mind, I certainly I don't think that this is the end of that conversation. If we walk Kelly to prison, we um, 
side note, he definitely. got to get out because he got sugar beaties, he say. Sugar beaties, he's scared of COVID. It's a lot of things he's trying to get out for. And <laughs> they talking about you need to sit down and you're going to be in here for a little while. And let me get your pen so you can write Bill Cosby and see how he's doing because he's not getting out of here. Right. So, hey, I, I don't see the end of this with Boosie, and I think he may have opened up a, a can of a can of disgustingness that uh, it, it'll be open for, like, a while. Like, something's going to come of this, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like we're going to see this under, under the rug. I feel like people are already stop, stopping to talk about it because, again, we're talking about little boys and we look at them having sex that young as a rite of passage and not as the seriousness of what it is. Absolutely. I would agree. So, next, let's talk about reopening. I've been reading, again, we're still... In COVID-19, um, it's been so, how long? Like, I just, again, I remember things happening around March 9th. Well, the first case, I believe, showed up around January, or our first indication that this is going to be a problem started in January. Okay. Well, we've been on lockdown for a while, and... I remember, you know, I'm working from home and sometimes, you know, I'm trying to get my vitamin D on. So I go out for a walk. I have my mask on. I'm social distancing. I don't even want flies flying around me. Like I'm, I'm moving around and, you know, just going on a nice little walk or whatever, whatever. Well, I was at the park earlier this week and literally looked around and I saw people in the grass. Um, it appears to be couples, no assumption, but they were very close in the grass. Um, I saw families flying kites, um, having pic- you know, what appeared to be picnics. Um, there were people riding bikes, people jogging. There was one woman who touched a water fountain because she was jogging in front of me. I was walking again, but she, touched the water fountain and leaned in to get water and was disappointed because it wasn't working. Um, All of these people were out here and I can count the people who had on masks. Three. I was one of them. And this other guy, he was in scrubs. He had on a mask and I was like, okay, then affirmative because you have to know if I need to have this mask on. Because you apparently work in some medical field and you got your mask on. So I'm going to do what you do. But in any case, it was like a regular day. And I am so worried that as the, the country is reopening in phases or what, however this is working, we still really don't know, um, that people are... I read an article, somebody said, I am shocked at how Americans are just that we've grown tired of coronavirus, so now we're acting like it doesn't exist. What do you think about that? I think that, for one, we're just not used to this. We are very privileged in the United States. 
the things that other countries have gone through, especially poor countries in general, not to say we don't have poor sections of our country, but just in general, um, poor countries, um, we're just not used to having, being told what to do. Hmm. We take for granted and I think essentially what will happen, uh, what the telltale sign is, uh, now we're opening up, everybody, I've seen countless number of pictures of people hanging out in restaurants, not to say that we shouldn't be open or getting back to normalcy because we are talking about uh, businesses and livelihoods of everyone, but we weren't prepared to adjust to life with COVID, and I don't think we are we prepared to just to, to getting back to life. I like that you said that because I think that's the other part of it. We've got to eventually get back to something. We don't know what that is necessarily, but whatever it is, I don't think we're prepared for it. And perhaps you're right. Maybe what we are seeing is just an attempt to get back to normal in our own way. You know what I mean? But it, yeah. it still signifies a lack of preparation. Because you can't get back to normal, you know, and not still be distant or, you know, keep away or, or take those protections you need in place, you know. Because at the end of the day, do we have a cure for coronavirus right now? The answer is a resounding no. And we won't have a cure for a long time, despite of what 45 says. It's going to be a while. If not, they're just testing guinea pigs to see if somebody doesn't die. So what the cure or the stop in this virus looks like, we just don't know. Yeah, I mean, like one article says, uh, I don't know how recent this is. I think this just came out. FDA approves at-home nasal swab test kit for COVID-19. So we like how you check to see if you have HIV at home or something, or how you test DNA. Is this like 30, 31 in me, or what is it, 32 in me? How many chromosomes? What is that? Is it 32 it's in 20, me? 23 in me, I apologize. 23 in me. Yeah. I apologize. If you have 32, you probably aren't listening to this podcast. But right. um, yeah, like how, what is that? Well, here's the problem. Even the first tests that we had coming out of the United States were faulty. So yeah. again, we are speeding through this. We have no clue. And then we're going to rely on people to test at home because again, if they're not taking precautions now, they're going to accurately do a test that they are clearly making money on. Hmm. Yes. It's to be this it says once patient um it says the kit will um the patients you know the person takes it at home or whatever whatever the kit will cost 135 dollars and will be available later this month apparently the person swabs their own nose or whatever and then they mail it back somewhere Okay, yeah. so this is another case where they have our DNA on file for That's everywhere that we go. Hmm. This is what that is. Yeah, I wouldn't trust that. Man, that's why. That's what made me think of 23andMe. 
They will put it in a saline solution and ship it overnight to a certified lab authorized to run specific tests on the kit. Results will be given to patients through a network or online portal. No, don't do I it. Drive through. I just go ahead. Don't do it. I, I, I don't. I don't know about that. And and it's gonna cost me one hundred thirty-five dollars, which is not even reasonable if we are really trying to eradicate this. Most people can't. Most people have so many people have lost their jobs. You going to accidentally spend one hundred thirty-five at the house? Um, James Baldwin is my favorite. I think I've shared that before. He has this one quote. I think I may have told you before. I'm looking for it, but it's about how anyone who has ever, he's what he says, anyone who has ever struggled with poverty knows how extremely expensive it is to be poor. James Baldwin. I'm going to have to find $135 to be tested within the confines of my home or access to convenience or something to get tested for whether or not I have COVID-19. Imagine who has who can afford those, that kind of convenience. You have that to That is groceries. Thank you. That is a light bill. Thank you. That is so, insurance. So now if I'm in poverty, my resources are very limited. I'm not feeling well. I may or may not have medical care, you know, other than, you know, through uh, pu- public, um, you know, Medicare Assistance. or whatever. Mm-hmm. I've got to find a way to get tested, get in line to get tested, hope that I can get tested or, or whatever, whatever other challenges that they, or I've got to make a decision between groceries and $135 for a test. No. It's not set. Convenience is not for extremely poor people. It's not. That it's is not considered. So backwards to me. That is absolutely backwards to me. And well, it, even with this $1,200 stimulus that, that just came out, for sure. most people, for those who did not have uh, savings, uh, for most people, that was barely rent. Yeah. Yeah. Barely. And so, um, you know, they're supposed to, some package that went back, like, approved the house and and now it's got to go to the Senate and, you know, who, who really knows what will happen with that. I just think that coupled with the fact that we are living in a pandemic, coupled with the fact that we lack, uh, lack preparation either way to return or to stay at home, um, we also are really dealing with a super duper messed up backwards social system in general. Like the, the structure of the, the rich versus the poor and, and, and what we just kind of talked about access and, and equity. Couple that with that, of course you're going to have different disparities that we're already seeing amongst different communities, including that of African-American communities. But there are other kind of disparities 
economic disparities that we're seeing. And it's just, it's heartbreaking. And it says, how can we get, how can we really recover from this? Not only health-wise, but financially, economically, society, as a society, how do we recover from this? I don't know because again these disparities is already there but we're just at a point where this brings it to light in a different type of way but are we really going to do anything about it because all of the talk before this about uh paycheck to paycheck is blatant right now yeah but there's no talk on, yeah, we're trying to stimulate the economy to keep it from folding in right now, but are we really talking about fixing the issues that caused this? Because if something happens like this again, what do we do economically? <laughs> Listen, what was that movie uh, with Bruce Willis uh, and Chris Tucker? Um, Fifth Element. Mars and other planets is looking kind of nice right now. That's what it is. We'll have to go somewhere else. Well, Lone Groupon, you can buy some acres on Mars. I don't know what you're going to do with them, but if you... serious? Yes. That's not... I don't know what that means. It's about $15. No. This I've got to say. Well, that... that might be an option. That absolutely might be an option. All right. So as we wrap up, there is yet one thing that we need to settle. There was another versus battle this afternoon or evening, whatever. It was Eastern time early. It was between what I like to call an ATL showdown. Ludacris and this little dude named, uh, what's his name? It rhymed with Jelly. Big Belly. He don't have a big belly. But would it be a showdown if both people aren't from ATL? Like, would it need to have been two people from ATL doing an ATL showdown? Let me tell you something. My whole life would have been gathered had that taken place. This Ludacris and Nelly showdown, while I enjoy listening to Ludacris, it was clear it was not a battle. Um, even when Nelly's um, whatever internet went out, of, uh, he had on the internet um, went down. It was just like Team Ludacris, everything about him, his music, Hi, demeanor, how you talk. It was great. It was great listening to and catching up on his stuff. And I ain't gonna lie. Nelly had some good tunes, but certainly not a battle. Nothing about that said battle. More so evident by like last week when it was Erica Badu and, and Jill Scott. We had like five, we, 500,000 people plus. Today, what did it hit? It barely made 500. Um, I oh, clearly yeah. called this last week. It was Luda for me all day. Yeah, we did call that. So, um, 
despite the the issues, I think Nelly was jamming to music that only he likes and <laughs> not anyone else. <laughs> and Ludacris to me is a very underrated rapper who who gets his props when the songs are playing, but when they talk about the conversation of lyricists. He doesn't get named, and I think that's a disjustice to who he is because he clearly has an amazing catalog. I would agree. I would agree. Question then. If we were to host a concert with all of our unsung lyricists, it could be R&B too, who would we headline? Who would we have out there? So people would be like, oh my God, this is what we've been missing out. Who would drive that point home? We got to pick four artists. If we're talking about underrated people, yes. strictly, yes. I think uh, Tamia doesn't get her flowers. Check. Agreed. I think Tweet doesn't get her flowers. We got four people. Okay, that's two. Okay. That's your two. I mean, that's two or four. You halfway there. Okay. I think Carrie Hilson doesn't get her flowers. All genres. All genres? Yeah. Wow. This is the two minute genres. Okay. Carrie, tweet. Okay, I'm gonna throw a rapper in there. That Ludacris is actually was she was under Ludacris's uh, moniker, but they kind of fell out, which is why he don't give her the props hmm. that she deserves. But Shauna, I think, is a hell of a rapper. Google's Shauna the rapper. Who is really? that? Um, do you remember the girl rapper that was featured on like What's My Fantasy? Um, she was actually featured on Move Bitch, I believe. Um, really? Getting Some? Getting Some was her song. Awesome song. How it go? Because I'm the only uh, getting some I know was uh, uh, too short. Uh, what? Okay. I What's your for? Okay. I'll have to look it up. So Shauna, I don't know who Shauna is, but she's a rapper. She's underrated. So if I were to go to this concert, you're going to have Tweet, Carrie Hilson. Um, um, who's the first person you said? Tamia. T- Tamia. Oh, okay. And Shauna. All right. Fair enough. Here's the four I would pick. I think that Layla Hathaway doesn't even remotely get the love that she deserves. So I'm gonna drop, I'm going to drop off Layla Hathaway for you guys. So y'all can get all of that goodness, okay? Then, after Layla Hathaway, why not Eric Roberson? Why not? You people don't appreciate 
the vibe, the lyrics, couldn't hear you over the music, Eric Roberson, what? And then uh, Ryan Leslie, gonna sprinkle some Ryan Leslie in there as well. Like he did an entire song with no words, none whatsoever. Just- Which is why I probably don't know it. <laughs> Layla Hathaway, Eric Roberson, Ryan Leslie, and then if I had to do like a hip hop rap person, even though it's not necessarily my genre, I would, um, I don't know if I have to switch it up. I, I guess I would go ahead and throw some Ludacris in there. Um, no, you can't throw Ludacris in okay, there. Okay, you talking about Ludacris. Okay, fine. I, who would I have pop off? Well, I'm gonna let you think about it, but here's the thing. I think Layla does get her love and her props. It's just that she falls in a very grown category. So if you aren't teetering on that neo-soul jazz, I think anybody who listens to that loves Layla. But I don't think she doesn't cross over into pop or where you will get her sound. I think she's tried to on some of her songs. Eric. I like Eric. Mm. But I think people don't recognize how many songs he's written. Man. Him himself as an artist doesn't get props, but if you play the songs that he's written for other people, he will get more credit. I got it. Fourth person. I know you're skipping over Ryan Leslie. Gotta Google him. Little Mo. Not skipping over him. I wouldn't put him on my category. Love Little Mo though. Lil Mo, she has to be there. She can switch it up a little bit. No, she cannot bring her brother with her, but <laughs> no, he has to stay at the house. But Lil Mo, she's got it. She could, she could do both. Kind of one of my favorite songs of hers is Tada, Tada, you know, Tada, whatever. Yes. You remember that one? I do remember. Tada was on my playlist. Yes, yes. And anytime somebody was at my house whom I didn't like, I played Tada. They just didn't even know. Oh my God, that was beyond petty. Are you serious? Yes. Fortunately, people, I have not heard that song, but I know now (laughs) that if I do, that is what you mean. Thank you for that one. And on that note, we are going to ta-da on out of here and get ready to enjoy the evening. I'm sure the the D-Nice, shout out to D-Nice on Instagram for like helping us let it breathe, right? In quarantine, I'm ready for some, some wine. I've got some Pinot Noir and I've got some access to, to Instagram. Be nice, and I'm ready to ta-da, like ta-da for a, um, to a nice, mellow evening. How about you? Yeah, I'm sure D, actually, I feel like D-Nice was playing through Ludacris and Nelly. Uh, he probably was playing his own set of hits yeah. on his Instagram. Yeah, that was, 
probably probably people clicked on over to him and was like, yeah, this will work better. But anyway, well, thank y'all for listening to us today. We're going to get out of here. We'll talk to y'all next time. That's our sentiment. Good night. <laughs>